Hello, everybody. Welcome to Lakers Talk with Gerald. This is episode number 51. Uh, I am coming to you live, in effect, on this Saturday. Uh, Man, it's been a lot going on. We had the NBA draft. We had a lot of rumor talk and a lot of talk about the Lakers and Rob Palenka and how he doesn't know about what's going on with with the trade. Look, I just want to come out and say one thing. I've been listening, I've been looking on Twitter, I've been watching all these sportscasters, and I'm tired and sick of everybody always talking. It, it don't matter about, like, anytime we do something good, it's always a negative, like, spin on it from people like Wojnarowski and, and a little bit of Ramona, but everything come out of Wojnarowski's mouth is just straight <laughs> Lakers trash. I mean, for one, first of all, we get the Anthony Davis trade. And, man, we supposed to be excited. Yeah, we had to give up Lonzo Ball. We had to give up Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart and, and, and some swaps and some picks. But at the end of the day, I mean, we had to do what we had to do. We had to get, you know, trade away, even though I wanted to see what the potential, you know, Brandon Ingram, the potential of Lonzo Ball. I wanted to see all these things. And, yeah, I wanted to, you know, man, we have been struggling. We wanted to see what these guys are going to be like. But... We want to be great. We just got a perennial all-star. I mean, I talked about this in my last podcast. The dude is 26 years old. Anthony Davis, six foot ten, can block out the building, athletic, can dunk, and leap out the building. I mean, this dude can shoot from outside. Um, he even developed a three-point shot the last couple years. I mean, I think last year he was somewhere around 33% shooting from three-point land. I mean, for a big guy, that's pretty decent. That's pretty good. So, I mean, we, we just upgraded our team. And all they can talk about, as soon as the deal happened, the negative things they started talking about was, oh, the Lakers made this deal, and they didn't realize that they're only going to have $23 million. They don't even have a max spot. They should have knew that. They shouldn't have did this deal without that. I mean, first of all, let's just be real. Even I'm sure they knew that. I know for 100% they knew that. And, you know, they did what they had to do. And the point is that... Even if they knew they're gonna get only gonna have twenty three million and don't have a max spot, they still have to do the deal. You still have to like pull the trigger on Anthony Davis. I don't know what they're talking about. What are you? T- what's the point of even like talking negative about this? Because the Lakers just did something, just made their team better. Yeah, they can fill in the rest of the roster around that. So let's talk about. Let's break it down a little bit. All right. You know, let's see. They let's say they talked about it with them, and they knew, you know, hey, yeah, we're only gonna have twenty three million, but we knew there's different ways to be able to get a max plot spot. There is more ways to free up more money. So Anthony Davis has a trade kicker that says that when he's traded, he will get an additional four million dollars, or if he was traded, and that's something that he negotiated in his contract. And so that's part of the where is taking up some of that money. So that's a, that's where they're left with 23. If they if he didn't have a trade kicker, if it was somebody else they would have got, you know, they would end up having uh, like 27 million available right now. But because he has that trade kicker, you know, that takes up that additional 4 million, takes it from 27 down to 23. Now, the Lakers are thinking, "Oh, maybe we can, you know, t- ask him to waive it. He can do that." If he thought there was another max player out there, i.e. Kawhi Leonard, um, if Kawhi Leonard wanted to come. And then, so that still doesn't leave enough for a max spot. A max, um, and when we say a max spot, we mean like guys like, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard, 
Kevin Durant, people like that, Clay Thompson, probably that who would demand uh, the, the maximum amount of money that they can sign for. The maximum amount of money that they can sign for is somewhere around because they have less than 10 years in the league or not not Kevin Durant, but Clay Thompson and Kawhi Leonard. But because they have less than 10 years in the league, they can sign somewhere around 32 million per year or, or slightly more than that. So that's what when they're talking about max spot or. You know, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about having at least $32 million available to give to one of these top-tier players. And so, to me, you know, Lakers still have a chance to clear that money up. But supposedly they have to do this all before July 6th. That's when the date that was agreed upon for the um, signing of this contract, um, or this deal for Anthony Davis. Um, supposedly if they would have waited to July 30th, that would have automatically given them the thirty-two million spot for some reason. It's just some weird, you know, way these contracts work, or the way the rules of the NBA work, to where it just gives the Lakers less money. Um, the way I see it, the Lakers did the right move, no matter what. Whether they, I, I know they knew because they're professionals. You know, Rob Palenka has been an agent for years. He was representing Kobe Bryant amongst a bunch of other NBA talent. You know, I know this guy knows the. You know, NBA, he knows the rules. He know, understands, you know, the money aspect of it. It's no way he didn't know. So I'm tired of hearing all these people trying to just say the Lakers don't know what they're doing. They're dysfunction. Like, stop it. Just stop it. I'm tired of it. Tired of hearing it. I, you know, it's all positive stuff. That's what I was just talking about in my last podcast that, man, it's all positive. Lakers are looking great. You know, we don't know who's going to fill out the roster yet. We don't know, but we're going to get some more people. I mean, free agency starts in July 30th. Um, Man, that's almost here. That's what, eight days away? Eight days away, we're going to know what's going on. We're going to know if Kawhi Leonard's coming. That's my ultimate dream. I mean, dream, really. If we can get Kawhi Leonard, man, man, it's going to be a wrap. I mean, we're going to fill in. We're going to be able to get so many different people after that. Yeah, we, we're not going to have a lot of money. We're going to have to sign people on minimum exceptions and minimum contracts and veterans exceptions and things like that. Or if anything, man, these these owners can sign players over that. They're just going to get hit with all these these uh, over-the-cap limits and, and taxes, and they're going to have to pay a bunch of money, millions of dollars, uh, you know, if they go over that cap. But at the same time, these owners make, you know, Genie Bus and all them, they make millions of dollars. Man, they sell out every game. They have a TV contract with Time Warner that gives them like something like 300 million or something. You know, so they they have money, trust me. You know, to make our team great, sometimes you got to do what you have to do. And it remains to be seen if they're going to do something like that, but that is possible. So all I want to say is I'm excited. I'm excited for a week from now. I'm excited to see what free agency is going to bring. And, you know, I mean, the way I, way I see it, if we get any one of these top tier players or second tier or third tier, we're going to be it's a win. And no matter what, it's going to be a win. Um, man. So there's Jimmy Butler. I'd be happy with him. I'd be happy, of course, with Kawhi Leonard. That's number one. And then in this Jimmy Butler. And then, you know, even Kawhi Leonard, or correction, not Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving. 
Um, I don't know exactly how that fit would work, but we still would be way better if we got Kyrie Irving. Think about that combination. Man, That we would be a beast. Oh, my goodness. Talk about selling out. The tickets would go up. They went up crazy when LeBron came to the Lakers. They're going to go up even more if, you know, next season. Just wait. So, all right, let's talk about the NBA draft. Let's get to that real quick. So, man, of course, we knew who was going number one. We already knew Zion Williamson. And I'm not going to lie, man, when he was drafted, he got up at right after, right? And he started speaking um, with the lady that was interviewing him. And his, his mom came up. And he started just bawling, man. He started crying. And he got super emotional. And you could just see that it was real for him. And you thought, like, oh, yeah, he she knew he was going to be number one pick for months already. He shouldn't have been shocked. He shouldn't have been surprised. But you saw real emotions coming out because, like him, I'm the same kind of way. Even if I know something's going to happen, people, oh, this is, you know, everybody else is telling you, oh, it's going to happen. This is, don't worry about it. Yeah, man, you're going to be number one. You're going to be this. This is going to happen. Don't worry. To me, I don't believe it until it happens. Until it, that's when it becomes real to me. Until something happens. I don't want to, you know, get my hopes up and just take something for granted in anything in life. I always try to prepare and think of like three or four things down the line, alternate things that are alternate possibilities, you know, and try to like, okay, if number one doesn't happen and number two happens, you know, how would I live, deal with it? If number three happens, number four happens, I always try to think of those, you know, alternate things. Because you never know. You never know. It all comes down to what people want. And you never know. I mean, so, and not only that, when he was picked, he just, he started crying and saying that his mother and, and that he wanted this since he was four. His mother had been there for him his whole life, his whole life doing all these things for him and, and sacrificed so much for him. And this has been his childhood dream. You got to understand, man, you got a dream since you were young. 99% of the people in this world, their dream does not come true from what they had as a child. They had to change their dreams. They had to because they realized that they weren't going to get it. It's, it wasn't realistic when life started happening or they didn't do enough to make it happen, I guess. You know, in this case, I mean, this kid, like I said, that was his childhood dream, his whole life to be drafted in the NBA. And not only that, make it number one draft pick. I mean, so... When he was doing that and balling out, man, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I got emotional. Look, because I love to see a good story. I love to see somebody, like, living their dream, you know. And, it, and, and to me, it's all about real emotions. And I can tell that was real. That was genuine. It was 100% like, man, that dude was, like, just happy. And, and, and thinking about... All the things that's gonna help his his family and his his mother and his their father and all their other family. I mean, the dude is guaranteed. I think it's somewhere around seven to eight million is the rookie number one pick. You know, is what they get guaranteed for three to four years or something like that. So, I mean, that's more money that he probably. You know, most people don't ever get that kind of money at you know per year. So. That's going to change his whole life, change his whole family's life, all from everything that he's worked his whole time. I'm sure, like, as he walked across that stage, he probably was thinking about all the struggles when he was young. You know, he wasn't always like that, you know, that great. He wasn't always six foot seven, 
280 pounds and athletic and jumping out the building. When he was young, think about it. I'm sure he was young and had people better than him at one point, bigger and better. And he was told that he can't do this. He can't do that. And I mean, just all that stuff comes back to you when you're walking across that stage and you're thinking about it and just the raw emotion just started coming out. And so, man, all right, I know this is Lakers talking. I'm talking about Zion Williamson. I'm talking about the draft. But, hey, I'm, overall, you know, I'm an NBA fan. I like to see what's going on. I like to talk about it. But uh, on another note, too, about the NBA draft, I love to see the the top three or four. I mean, just you start seeing their fathers coming up um, and standing next to them as they're interviewing. And so each the top three started getting emotional, each of them, when they started talking about their parents and everything that their parents were doing for them. And I love to see, uh, you know, especially black fathers and and being there for them and making an impact on their lives because you hear so many stories about black fathers not being there and not being around. And so I love to see that. Um, You know, a tidbit about me, my father's always been there, always been around in my life and definitely has made a great impact in my life. So if you're listening, thank you, Dad. I appreciate you (laughs) for being there and uh, making me the man I am. Help me be the man I am and, and just making that positive impact in my life because I probably would have been went all kind of different directions if I didn't have a father. Um, you know, my older brother, you know, Jimmy, he doesn't have he never knew his father. And I saw how that impacted him in his life. And so I have real examples that I've seen how not having a father can affect you in a negative way because you don't have that role model. You don't have that person there to look after and try to see when when you're trying to figure out life and figure out yourself and figure out you know what ways you need to go in life you look up to that person you know and use them as an example and so man so that's why you know just saying that's why i love to see what i saw for the nba draft i love to see the fathers coming up and then you saw the kids were getting emotional when they thought about their, their fathers and how they impacted them how they helped them get to this point so that was amazing to me and Man, so the NBA draft, you know, good thing. So how does the draft affect the Lakers? You know, you think, oh, we didn't have a draft pick. But, uh, yes, we end up buying a draft pick. We end up buying uh, the 46th pick in a draft. And, uh, you know, I kept watching Twitter and everybody was like, hey, you know, Lakers going to get a pick. Are they going to get a pick? And eventually we, it was known that we got the 46th pick. And when we got it, it was right around like the 41st or second pick in, in a draft. So at that point, uh, I think it was ball, everybody kept saying that we wanted to get ball ball or they wanted us to get ball ball it was the popular thing on Twitter. Or at least I was seeing. And uh, I'm, I'm like, you know, I looked up ball ball. I wanted to see what his stats were and what he looked like. And if he was all right, and he, he looked all right. He only played nine games in college, though. So it wasn't a whole lot to go by. But during that time. He did shoot like 52% from three-point range and had a pretty decent jumper. But the guy is frail. You know, he's seven foot two and he's skinny as hell, just like his father. But he is more athletic and can, you know, can run and and he can dribble and he can do more things. Well, the point is that everybody was all holding their fingers almost and hoping, crossing their fingers and hoping we'd get him. Well, he was drafted number 44 (laughs) by the Chicago Bulls. So it's funny that uh, as soon as that happened, I started seeing all these negative things on Twitter. Like, man, even when the Lakers, you know, they, they, they buy number 42, they still can't win. Like, everything they do is messed up. You know, all that negative start talk started coming back. But 
uh, we end up getting uh, this guy called uh, Tritton Horton Thornton. Let me look up his name because it was an interesting name. Um, I first saw it as THT. Everybody kept saying, we, the, you know, they wanted us to draft THT. And I'm thinking, like, who the hell is THT? Who's this guy? Um, so let me look up his name really quick. Um, one second. I don't want to mess it up. I don't want you guys uh, thinking that I just, you know, I'm not going to jack up his name. I want you guys to have the good information. So, all right, let's let's look at this real quick. Um, all right, the guy's name is uh, Talon Horton Tucker. That's it. So I messed that up. I said Trenton Horton Tucker, but it's Talon Horton Tucker. So the guy is six foot four. Um, he has a seven one wingspan, is what they say. I mean, so supposedly that's crazy for a six four guy. Usually guys that are six nine, six ten don't even have that wingspan. At least or close to it probably have that wingspan. So for him to be six foot four and have a seven one wingspan means like his arms are almost hanging down to his damn knees or ankles or something. That's crazy. So imagine that. So I mean, so then I'm like, all right, let me go look up his stats. And he doesn't have the greatest stats. His stats doesn't doesn't jump out at you. Actually they're they're kind of poor to be honest. Um, but his stats are somewhere around, I mean, he only shot somewhere around 30% from three point range, uh, you know, like 40% or so from two point range, his free throws only 60% from the free throw. So over, overall for a six, four guy, you would think that his stats should be better. Um, the late, I mean, at the same time at a 46 pick in the draft, you got to almost like just see something in the guy and, even though the stats don't say it, even though, uh, I mean, you got to see something in them that thinks it's going to jump out at you. Everybody else seemed to be excited about the pick. Everybody that I know on Twitter seemed to be ecstatic that we got him. Um, I, like I said, I looked at the stats, and I wasn't impressed, and I don't see it. But maybe I'm going to have to watch some Summer League and see how this guy plays. So, all right, let me look up his stats here. Let's talk about this. All right, so Talon Horton Tucker. He is six foot four. It says he's 233 pounds and he is uh, 18 years old. They say he don't turn 19 until November uh, coming up. And so let's say he played 34 games at uh, what college is this? Uh, Iowa State. He played 34 games. He, he played 27 minutes per game. And like I said, he only shot 40%. It's 40.6 percent from the field <clears throat> overall 30.8 percent from three-point land 62 percent from free throws you know you got to get better for six for a guard you got to be at least 75 percent in my opinion um he did have uh, he only had 2.3 assists a game he had just about five rebounds a game and 1.3 steals with those long ass arms <laughs> that's probably where them steals came from and he had 0.7 blocks per game meaning he probably was getting at least you know, blocking guards that thought that they had a shot over him and he reaches those long arms up and blocked the hell out of him. Um, but he only averaged 11.8 points a game. 11.8 points at 40% shooting, 30% three-point shooting does not stand out at you at all. But, man, you know, we needed somebody. We needed to get a draft pick. We needed to get somebody that we didn't have to spend a whole lot of money from since we, we our cap is pretty much used up. We're going to try to use it on all these max players. And so we got to fill out the roster, you know, since we just gave away all our young guys. 
So, I mean, it remains to be seen. The Summer League is going to happen. And, guys, I'm excited about that. Um, I've went to Summer League a couple years, uh, for at least two years. The last, like, several years, I, I actually enjoy the Summer League. It's a pretty nice deal. You get, if you buy a package for a day for the Summer League, it's somewhere around $35. And you pay $35, it's open seating, right? It's in Las Vegas at the, like, Mac Arena, Thomas Mac Arena. And so you get there, and for your entry, you just pay that $35 for the entry, and you can go sit wherever you want, except for the first, like, three or four rows, which you got to pay extra for. And uh, But the thing is, though, that means you got to get there super early, because if you don't, then you're going to be sitting way up. If you get there super early, which means like waiting before the thing is open, which I'm not about. Um, Las Vegas is super hot in the summertime. I don't know if you guys know. And I'm not trying to be wait out, waiting out there super early, sweating my butt off. Just not going to do it. But it's a great deal. Uh, not only that, there's, there's it's connected like two arenas, right? It's got a big arena, Thomas Mack, and then it goes into the smaller gym. And so there's games going on in both gyms at all times. And so you got your 35 or whatever dollars to get in for that day. It gets you, you can walk back and forth to either side and watch either games that's going on. But the other great thing about it is that you see all these, these draft guys, you see all these prospects, and then you see different people, all these NBA coaches. Everybody's walking in the building. I mean, last time I was there last year, uh, or, or the year Lonzo was drafted, so two years ago. Magic Johnson was walking through. You saw Steve Kerr. You saw, you know, LeBron James. You saw so many different famous people coming through and watching the games. And so if you just like to go there and spectate, it's a great place to do that. It's so cool. You meet so many cool people. So I'm, I'm about to buy my ticket. All that talk is saying that I'm about to buy my ticket. I'm going to be in at least, you know, it's like 10 days of summer league, but I only want to probably see for the probably the first three days. Or so I think it starts on July 5th, which is like a Thursday, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it's going to go from uh, no, the 5th is a Friday. So, yeah, it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those are the day. And then, of course, in Monday, Tuesday, it keeps going. But then after like the first six or so days, um, then they start having a playoff. And then the teams as the teams get knocked out. So, you know, sometimes the teams I want to see don't make the playoff so i'm not you know plus i'm trying i'm not trying to spend all that money for every day to be there so letting you guys know i hope you guys are going to be there too so i can see some of you i'm going to have uh you know come out with my lakers talk with lakers uh t-shirts and sweaters and hats so i'm definitely going to be rocking it when i'm out there and i hope to see you guys out there too and hey man with that being said that's gonna do it man please uh thank you guys for joining i appreciate you guys for listening and keeping up with me if you are out there and uh tell your friends subscribe make some comments good or bad it doesn't matter just uh you know let me know i did some feedback is always great i love to hear feedback let me know how i'm doing and what you think all right guys so that's gonna wrap it up episode number 51 lakers talk with gerald and i am now out